thankful for our country, aren't you? I thank the Lord for it. She's got a lot of problems today, and uh, but I, I believe it's not a problem that the Lord can't solve. I really believe that. Amen. Psalm 107, we find there in verse 9, for he satisfieth the longing soul. Uh, preach to you this morning about he satisfies. Let's ask God to help us. Father, we, we need you, again, as we always do. We need you every, every day in our lives, and, and I need you now as I preach. I, I've got lips of clay, and I can only do so much, and I've studied, I've prayed, and uh, Lord, I've got an outline here, but uh, Holy Spirit, I cannot do what you can do. And I pray that you'll bring this message to each and every one of us. Lord, I'm glad that it'll fit us all. And so, Father, bless now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We live in a time of having so much. We all are blessed in a mighty way, haven't we? We've all been blessed. And, and, and yet we have so much. And yet, as I look around, I find much discontentment. It's like, you know, we live in a land of plenty. You could go to other lands and you could find that they don't have what we have. In fact, a lot of lands, there's people that would love to have what we throw away, what we waste. And I, and I, and I think, you know, how blessed we are and yet we are discontent. Discontentment means this, it means dissatisfied, dissatisfied. And uh, I thought, you know, people are not satisfied today with who they are, nor what they have. And, uh, uh, and, 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 it, and, it's, and the truth of the matter is that, that the way we look at things is more is never enough. We used to, you know, we would think, well, if I had more, I'd be okay. But really, where's the limit? We just more and then we want more. The things of this world does not bring the satisfaction. You know, I used to, used to think, you know, sometimes as a kid, oh, if I could have that new mitt, that baseball mitt, if I could have that new mitt, I would really be so happy. And so I finally got that new mitt, maybe for Christmas or a birthday present, only to find out I needed a new bat. And then only find out I needed a new ball. And by the time I was good enough to be able to get those, the mitt was wore out and I needed a new mitt. But uh, the thing is, you know, we're never satisfied, uh, you know, with toys as a child. And then as we get older and, and uh, you think about all that we have, and we live in a time when we have this attitude of, of I got to have it. And, uh, and then we, we, in this time that we live in, it makes it easy for us to have what we want. It's called credit cards. Aren't they amazing? You know, they offer it to us all the time. I've been, if you've ever been in Cabela's before you go in, they always want to get you to get a credit card. And you get a credit card, you know, and sign up for it and get Cabela points, Cabela's points. Those are what every man needs, amen? And we get the Cabela's points so we can buy some hunting things, you know. And, and I remember going in there, and, and I went one time to another one. I went to Texas one time, and I liked going to Cabela's. And I went in there, and the guy said, hey, you need a Cabela's card. I said, I have one. He said, I have four of them. You can have as many as you want. 
Man, I thought, this guy's great. And I said, sure. He goes, if you sign up now, you can buy something. It'll be worth $25. And I'm like, man, sign me up for 10 of them, amen? But I signed up for another one. Now I have two Cabela's cards. And, 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 and one, I'll charge things, pay it off every month. The other one just sits there. I just got a notice because I don't use it. I'm going to lose my Cabela's points. And oh, I was shocked. I was worried. And I looked up how many points I have. I have six cents. So I'm not too worried about that. But you know what? Now we have, we have credit cards and we can buy. And the thing is, they say that America, there's a lot of people today, and maybe you know this, are poor by way of credit cards. Because it's really great. You can charge it, but then comes a bill to pay it. And if you look at the fine print, you find out there's a lot of cost involved by carrying a balance over. But many are credit card poor because... We have the attitude, I've got to have it, when we really don't. Even some, the, the lost world is kind of that way. They're never satisfied, always believing they need some more. And even preachers are that way sometimes. You know, I, I sometimes people say, how long have you been at that church? And they say, well, I'm going to be 40 years in January. And, and a lot of people say, well, you know, that's an unusual thing. Because a lot of preachers go from church to church and and I hate to say this, but sometimes it happens because there's a, a better package at another church. And thinking that maybe I can make more money here, I can have more notoriety there. And so they look at that. And, and the reason they'll do it is because they're not satisfied with what God has given to them. And so they'll go from church to church because there's more money to be made or something like that. I'm not saying that God doesn't move people. Sometimes God does. Sometimes God moves a preacher from one place to another, but I don't believe as much as what we're talking about here today. I think, I think if a preacher goes to a church, ought to stay there until God gets a bulldozer and pulls him out. Because I'll be honest with you, sometimes I felt like, and you've heard me say that, in those early years, sometimes things didn't go like I had thought it was going to happen. And I wrote my resignation out several times. But I always threw it away because I... I realized, you know, God said start a church in Martinsburg, and I did, and I really didn't hear him say close it down. I believe he meant for it to continue to go on. And I know one of these days I will die. Boy, that brought a smile to your face. But uh, one of these days I'm going to die. But I pray that there'll be someone come along and carry on the work of God. To me, I'm satisfied where I'm at because I have a love that God gave me a love for the people I don't know if you know I know sometimes I preach some hard things but God knows my heart and I think you know my heart about this too I love you folks often my wife and I we talk about this and how much we love the folks at our church and I love the calling that God has given me now I'll say this I'm willing to do whatever God wants me to do God gave me and said, I want you to go to California. I'm telling you right now, I would say, no way. <laughs> no, I would go to California if that God said so. But I'm not looking for anything because I'm satisfied. God's calling is good. God is good. The word that I think I'm trying to look for here this morning about being satisfied is this, contentment. Verse 
contentment. It doesn't mean, contentment doesn't mean necessarily of doing nothing. And I was afraid as I was working on this message that people might think, well, you, you mean you just get satisfied so we don't do any more. I believe we can be satisfied or have contentment in doing what we're supposed to be doing. And even doing more. Doing more doesn't mean I'm not satisfied. It doesn't mean I'm not content. I'm content in serving God, which means a progressive thing, keep doing. It doesn't mean we just sit and do nothing. It doesn't mean we don't have a vision. It doesn't mean that we don't have a purpose. But a contentment in who we are and where we're going and what we're doing. Contentment. I wrote this down, a state of happiness and satisfaction. You know, you look in the world today, and there's a lot of people that aren't happy. People aren't satisfied. We always have to have more. If we'd stop and think about what we have, we'd have to say, you know what? God is really good. God's blessed me so much. Words associated with this satisfaction or contentment would be fulfillment, would be pleasure, cheerfulness, well-being. But I begin to think about that word contentment, and I find the Bible teaches us about this. And it's, it's interesting. I, I never really thought about it until I'm working on this message here. But contentment is something that must be sought. It's something we look for. If you, if you can, go with me to 1 Timothy chapter number 6. And I'll, if, 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 you, if you want to just wait, I'll get there and I'll read it to you. But 1 Timothy in chapter number 6 And verse num- verses number 6 through 8, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, the Bible, the Bible says here, uh, uh, let me make sure I got the right thing. Yes, 1 Timothy chapter 6, if I'll get to the right chapter, here we go. Verse number 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Now, how about verse number 8? And having food and raiment, let us therewith content. You know, I'm glad that we can have a contentment today because we have everything that we need. Huh? I mean, how many of you only have one pair of shoes? I know the old lady's going to raise her hand. Isn't it amazing? How many pairs can you wear at one time? What? But we have more than one pair of shoes, right? Yeah, how many of you only have one shirt? One pair of britches or one dress. Isn't it amazing? Aren't we blessed? And we have, we have much. And, and, and I, I, have, I have real heavy clothes, meaning wide. I have medium weight clothes, not as wide. And then I have clothes too tight. Amen? And you say, why don't you get rid of some of them? Because I don't ever know where I'm going to be. I may need them biggins again. And if not, I'm going to sell them as tents. <laughs> but the thing is, we all have so much. And yet the Bible says that contentment is something that we, we need to seek. And I believe that we can have that. We can seek it. You say, preacher, where can I find that contentment? I'll tell you this. You'll never find it outside of the Lord. The liquor store will not bring you contentment. The cigarettes and the drugs will not bring you contentment. The place to look for, or the person, I should say, that you can look to to find contentment 
is the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only is contentment something that must be sought, it's something that must be learned. You see, I can learn contentment. Well, my Bible's true. The Bible says, Philippians 4.11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. The apostle realized this, that no matter what situation I'm in, I can be content. That's hard to understand, isn't it? Because difficult things we go through. But yet we can be content in whatsoever state. I was thinking about that. When I, when I was in college, I was always praying, Lord, send me west or send me south. And the Lord sent me to Pennsylvania. And when I thought about be content in whatsoever state, I could be content in Pennsylvania. I could be content wherever I'm at. Why? Because the Lord is the one that brings the contentment. I'm glad that he's the one that brings the satisfaction. And so it must be sought. I believe it must be learned. And, uh, I, I, and, and you say, well, preacher, I don't think I can learn that. Aren't we that way sometimes to think we can't learn anything? Uh, you know, go, go clean up your room, you tell the child. And they go, I don't know how. You go, come here, I'll show you how. I'll teach you how. And every child knows this. They don't want to learn how because if they learn how, they're going to have to. Uh, we can do something. Remember when you're in school and you learn how to add and subtract? And you're so proud of yourself. One plus one is two. And you come home, Mom, look at this one. Five plus five is ten. Two take away one is one. And you go to school and you walk to school with your, you know, your, your pound puppy uh, 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 lunch bag and, uh, or, your, or your, I don't know what other ones we carried. We carried paper bags, amen. <laughs> we go to school like that. Man, we were so smart. And all of a sudden the teacher said, boys and girls, we're going to learn multiplication. I'm like, why mess with it? I just learned adding. And now you want to put an X there. And then the teacher said, and then we're going to learn how to divide. Now all of a sudden they put a number, and then they put this line up and over across like this, and a number in there. And I'm thinking, no way I'm going to be able to learn it. Do you know what I can do today? Not much of anything. <laughs> I can multiply and divide. And yet there was a time when I said I cannot do it. I remember going home to mom saying, they want us now to learn how to divide. I don't even know how to spell that word. They wanted us to learn these things. And I thought, I can't do it. Do you know what? I learned how to do it. Do you know that we can learn whatever God wants us to do? You say, I can't win a soul to Christ. You can learn. Oh, no, I can't do it. I used to think that too. But I remember going with people and, and knocking on doors and, and listening to them telling people how to be saved. And it got in me and said, I want to do that too. And finally, I learned how to tell people about Christ. Thank the Lord we can learn. We can learn contentment too. You say, oh, preacher, I just can't do it. You can. You can learn it. Thank the Lord. Learn contentment. And then contentment needs to be realized. Hebrews 13, 5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said that I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know what? I need to realize I got what I need. I've got salvation. I mean, I didn't get part of salvation. I got the whole thing. I'm saved eternally. 
Not like yesterday, we were talking out there in, 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 in Dorian's yard there, and I said, you know, said, for whosoever shall uh, call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I said, you see what's right after the word saved? And it was a period, not a comma. He said, I see that. I'm glad that God saves me, and he keeps me. I'm his child forever. I'm glad salvation, that we're in his hand, and no man can pluck us out of his hand. Oh, realize the contentment that we have. You know, just stop and realize sometimes all you have in the Lord. Why, I have a home in heaven, don't I? I've got so much in the Lord. Well, I have someone that sticks closer than a brother, and that's the Lord. I've got somebody that meets my needs. I've got somebody who never leaves me or forsakes me. Oh, how blessed we are. Contentment. Contentment is something else, too. It's something the Lord can do for you. The Lord can make us content. Psalm 107, verse 9, we just read it there. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. You know, I'm glad the Lord can make us content. I'm thankful for all the things I have, but you know, if they took all my things away, I still have him. You know, you wonder sometimes how people, you know, people in other countries don't have like we have. In fact, there's a lot of people in this United States don't have what everybody else has. And yet you find folks content. People happy. Well, how can they be happy? Jesus. Jesus. I thought about some things I'm content with. One of them is this. I'm content with his great salvation. His great salvation. And it is great, isn't it? Look at verse number 2. It says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I mean, think about it. Because I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You say, preacher, who's the enemy? Satan. You say, well, Satan's real. I know he's real, but you know what? He can't have me. Because I have my father who has me in his hand. And Satan cannot. The Bible says no man can pluck me out of his hand. That means Satan can't pluck me out of the hand of God. I'm his forever. I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I'm redeemed from the wilderness of wandering in verse number 3. And gather them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from, from the south. I'm glad the Lord is able to, to take me from that wandering wilderness that, that I was in before I was saved. Thank the Lord for that great salvation. He redeemed us from spiritual starvation in verse number 5. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. I'm glad that God gives us what we need. He satisfies our soul. Thank the Lord. I'm content with his great salvation. I'm redeemed from misery and distress. In verse number 6, I like what it said. That first word in verse 6, then, then. That makes a difference. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And notice what the Lord did. He delivered them out of their distresses. What a great God. What did he have to do? He had to cry unto the Lord. He cried to the Lord, he delivered him from the misery and distress, redeemed from the broad way that leads to destruction. Verse number seven, for he led them forth by the right way and they might go to a city of habitation. You see, there are two ways. There's the broad way, the Bible says, it leads to destruction. But there's also the narrow way that leads to heaven. Thank the Lord, when we get saved, we're on that narrow way that leads to heaven. Yes, I know the broad way. There's a lot of folks there. The devil has all his billboards saying how wonderful it is. But it leads to destruction. Thank the Lord. You know, this, this always, always thrills me when I think about this. The worst it will ever be for us is now. It only gets better. But for people who are not saved, 
This is the best it's going to be. Only to get worse. A place called hell. I used to worry about going to hell, didn't you? I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to die and go to hell. And I used to think, well, you know, I'm not that bad, but I, I was a sinner. I deserved to go to hell. But thank the Lord that God loved me enough to save me. And so I'm content with a great salvation. I'm content with his great deliverance. Look at verses, verse number 10. You know, we're, we're from darkness. We're, uh, the, the deliverance we have from darkness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound uh, in affliction and iron. You know, I don't like darkness, do you? I like to turn the light on. You know, I, don't, don't you? you know, I, I like to turn the light on. I don't like to sit in the darkness. You know, the Lord turns the light on in our lives. Uh, he's the light. In fact, the Bible says we're to be a light too. We're to shine brightly for him. I thank the Lord for that great deliverance there from darkness to light. From death to life, we found there in verse number 10. From the bondage of liberty in verse number 14, the Bible says, He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in in sunder. I thank the Lord for the liberty that we have today. I'm glad for liberty we can have in a nation. And I think our liberty is being taken away from us. But I'll tell you what, there is nobody, not a Republican, not a Democrat, that can take away my liberty in Jesus Christ. I'm glad as, 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 as we think about it, he's washed our sins away as far as the east is from the west. We have been set free from the burden of sin. I'm content with his great word. I'm so thankful for this Bible, this old King James Bible. I'm content with his great word. And I think as I read it, I find in verse number 17, fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. I'm glad, I'm glad today that, that he keeps us from chastening. The fools, they get in all kinds of troubles. But you know, you know, I found out as a kid, not very often, but I did find this out, that if you behaved yourself, you didn't get whooped. Amen. You didn't get a spanking if you may. I never got a spanking. My mom said, you know what, son? You've been too good today. I never heard those words. <laughs> son, you've been too good today. I'm going to spank you for that. No. But I remember times when my mom said, all right, boys, get in here right now. Or whenever your mother uses your middle name, you're in trouble. Mom would go, Mark Edward. Knew what it was then. But you know what? I'm glad there's no chastening when you behave. I'll guarantee you this, there's chastening when you don't. But the reason he chastens us is the same reason my mom got on us. Because they love us. My mom would, she, she, we, we'd get a spanking, you know. And she, she would sit there and then we'd get the spanking and she would cry. I'm thinking, if you're going to be the one crying, let us beat you. <laughs> you know? I mean, man, why, why, why are you crying? You know, we look at her like, why is mom crying? I don't know. We get our spanking, mom sent us to the room, and she just go in your room and think about it for a while. I don't want to think about it. We go in the room, and all of a sudden we hear out there, oh, oh Lord, help these boys. They're going to end up in jail someday. And I'm thinking, Tim, do you hear her? She's crying. What, what is going on? She was so hurt because of us. Why, did, why was she hurt? Because she had to get on us. Because she loved us. She didn't want to visit us in jail someday. She didn't want us to kill each other. She wanted us to grow up loving each other. His word keeps us from a shortened life. Their soul, verse 18, their soul abhorreth all manner of meat 
and they draw near unto the gates of death. You know, a lot of people, their life has ended soon because of their disobedience to the Lord. You know, we read, we read I think I talked about it on, on Wednesday night. The people were messing around about the time of the Lord's Supper. And they were taken of it unworthily. And what happened, some of them were sick and some of them died because of it. I believe sometimes God takes people home early. That's what he does. That's what his word tells us. His word keeps us from unnecessary troubles. Look at verse 19. Then, there's that word again, they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. <laughs> Look what happens. And he saveth them out of their distresses. You know, when you cry unto the Lord, he'll take care of you. He'll save you out of those distresses. And I'm, so I'm content with his word. I'm glad that everything I need to know is found in the word of God. The universities will try to steal it away from you. But the word of God is settled forever. It's always right. I'm content with his great protection. I think about even in the workplace. Look at verse 23. They that go down to the sea in the ships and do business in great waters. He's talking about these folks there. They're working on these ships and they're, they're, doing the, uh, they're on the great waters there. He said, hey, you know what? God's going God's to take care of them. God's going to take care of them. He protects us in the storms of life. Verse 25 he, for he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. Verse 26 and 27, they mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits end. But you know what? I'm content with the protection that God gives us. Remember in the ship when the storm came and the disciples were all worried and thought they're going to die. And then the Lord showed up. And he calmed the sea, didn't he? In fact, even, even you know, Peter got out of the boat. That one time he got out of the boat and began to walk over to him. And everything was fine until he got his eyes off the Lord. Brings me contentment to know that when the storms come in life, God can calm the storms. When I think I can't go on, God says, oh, yes, you can. I will take care of you. You're going through a storm. You're, you're, you're you know, out, out in the state of Indiana where I live, there was a lot of tornadoes. I remember the tornado sirens go off. And we'd all run to the basement, get our little transistor radios so we could listen to see what was okay to come back up. And I remember we'd be out there and all those, those storms and the clouds would get so dark. And I remember sometimes we'd hear and we thought, well, we're all right. And then it gets so dark outside and we would go downstairs. But you know what? Every time it happened, all of a sudden, it was all clear. We came up out of the basement, and there was a blue sky, beautiful white clouds in the sky. You know, God's able to do that in our lives, too. When the storms, when you think you're not going to make it, understand the sun will shine again. In fact, above those clouds, the sun still shines. And if you've ever ridden in a jet before and gone up and you go, one time we took off in Pittsburgh, it was a stormy time, the clouds, it was so gray, and we took off and, I, and you couldn't even see out the windows and I thought, boy, this is terrible. And we just kept climbing and all of a sudden came out above the clouds. You could look down and see it. The sky was so blue, a blue that you don't notice down here. So beautiful. And I think, you know, that's the way the Lord is. He says, you just hang on. That storm you're going through today will soon pass. I'm content with his protection. I'm content with his great blessings. Look at verse, verse 33. It says, it said here, his, he turneth rivers into a wilderness 
and the water springs into dry, dry ground. A fruitful land into barrenness, for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turneth the wilderness into a standing water, and dry ground into water springs. And there he maketh hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation. And he goes on down, and look, look at it, it says, verse 40, uh, 42, The righteous shall see it and rejoice, and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand How about this, the loving kindness of the Lord. I'm satisfied with that salvation. Psalm 90 verse 14 says, Oh, satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. I'm satisfied with that mercy that I don't deserve. The Bible tells us we're all sinners. That means we all deserve to go to hell. Thank God for his mercy. I'm glad and satisfied with that great salvation. I'm satisfied with my life. Psalm 91, 16 says, With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I fail many times. We all do, don't we? And yet I'm satisfied in the life that I'm living. Not with my imperfections, but that I'm able to live and live for him. How wonderful it is to live for the Lord. How great it is to be able to live for him. You know, when you live for yourself, you're never really happy. You don't find that satisfaction. But when you live your life for him. Remember that day I surrendered my life to preach. And I knew what that meant. Not just that I would have a job of preaching. But it was a life of serving. Of serving the Lord. That meant I had to say no to my ambitions that I had for all those years of what I wanted to do. And say, Lord, whatever you want. I look today, and I'm not a rich man. I'm not a popular man. Poor Brother Bean, he goes traveling all over the United States, and he goes to see many preachers, and the preachers go, Oh, I know your pastor. And they'll tell him this, I went to school with him. They went to school with my brother. I mean, how many biters are there in the world? Really, there's a lot of them, but you don't know them. And these preachers don't. And they go, oh, yeah, I went to school with them. And Beam said, yeah, this, this preacher down in North Carolina, he went to school with you. He knows you. He remembers you. And I'm like, I, I don't remember him at all. I got my yearbooks, and I looked, and he's not there. I thought maybe he was sick for picture day. And so I went to this website of his church, and I looked, and he said in there, he went to Hiles Anderson, and he said the years was in the 80s. I graduated in 77. Now, I wasn't good at math, but I know that 77 is before the 80s. He went to school with my brother, and he thinks he, thinks he knows me. I went down there to, down to uh, Brother uh, Fugates. And I went up there, shook his hand. I never met the man before. And he goes, oh, I've met you before. I'm thinking, no, you haven't. I said, I don't think so. He goes, oh, yeah, I, I met you before. He knew my brother. I'm known out there at Hiles Anderson as Dave Bider's brother. <laughs> In fact, one day I was out there, and, and my brother and I were both there visiting. They had something going on. We were there. And he said, tell us your name. And, I, and Dave says, I'm Dave Bider. And I said, I'm Dave Bider's brother. 
I'm not known. But my name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. And God knows my name. And I'm satisfied. Those other preachers don't know me. I'm like, you know, let Beam think they all know me. As long as they don't hate my brother, we'll be okay. But I'm satisfied with my Lord. Isaiah 58, 11, And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. I'm satisfied because he's able to guide me continually. What a great Lord we have today. I'm satisfied with God's blessings. Boy, he blesses us a lot, doesn't he? And you look out there. We didn't have to ride a bicycle to church. We didn't have to ride a horse and buggy. We didn't have to ride a dinosaur, although that would be kind of cool. We're blessed, aren't we? We're going to go home. We're going to eat a little while if I'll hurry up and be quiet. We'll have food to eat. We are blessed. You ever, you ever, you ever clean out drawers? Where would all that stuff come from? Closets. We're so blessed. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied with my ministry. You say, well, it's a small church. Listen to this, Philippians 4.11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I'm satisfied with where I'm at. I'm satisfied with Heritage Baptist Church. I think it's a neat name. I think it's a neat church. It's a loud church. This morning, I'm telling you what, you all were so loud, but I love it. I hate to come in here like a funeral home. But you know, I thank the Lord for the ministry. I'm satisfied with the Bible. Second Peter 1.19, we, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place unto the day dawn and the day star ri arise in your hearts. You're satisfied with the Bible. I don't need a new version. I just need the old version and read it over and over again. You know, sometimes people say, well, I don't know what that word means. They call dictionaries. You get a dictionary. If you don't know the word, look it up and you'll find out what it means. And I know those big words like thee and thou are tough. But thank the Lord I'm satisfied with the Bible. I'm satisfied with the blood. Amen. First Peter 1, 18 and 19. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. I'm glad the blood of Jesus Christ, you know what it does? It satisfies me, but it satisfies the Lord too. Isn't it nice to be able to have background music as you preach the message there, right? <laughs> Don't call me again, right? You know, we have a rule in our church. You know what it is? If your phone goes off, you have to buy me a pizza. All right, that's the way it is, all righty? So one with pepperonis, please. 
No, you don't have to. I'm just kidding. But I, I've had a few. One time my wife's phone went off, and so we're on the way home. She goes, you know, we better stop for pizza. I go, why? She goes, my phone went off. And I was never so glad. <laughs> but I'm satisfied with the blood of Jesus. Being able to wash away all my sins. You, know, you ever stop and think about how many sins you've ever committed? <laughs> that song we sang, huh? What sins are you talking about? I just, the Lord said, I don't remember them anymore, but Lord, wait a minute. They're all written down. He said, no, from the book of life, they've all been ripped out. It's all been covered by the blood of Jesus. Thank the Lord. I'm satisfied. And may I say one more thing? I'm going to say it anyhow. I'm satisfied with my church. The Bible says, Romans 12, 4 and 5, whereas we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. I never go away from here thinking I wish I had a different congregation. I'm happy with you. I'm not so sure you're happy with me sometimes, but I'm happy with you. I'm satisfied. I find a contentment. That's why I'm really, I know I, I say it, but I really mean this. I look forward to you coming here. I watch when you walk in the door. I watch at that door and people coming in. It just thrills my heart. I sit here before anyone gets here. My wife and I will sit in the office and, I, and, she, and, and, and she'll, she'll verify. I sit with my chair so I could see out the window. And I always get excited when I see folks coming. I don't sit there and say, boy, I wish my church was in Florida. They have hurricanes there. I don't say I wish it was in another state. I'm glad it's right here. I'm satisfied. That doesn't mean I don't want any more. I want more people to come to our church. That's why I'm thrilled when visitors come. Brother, you're going to have to move. You can't stay in Harrisburg and come here all the time. You're going to have to move. All right. Dorian, he's already, he's in Martinsburg. We got him now. <laughs> But you know, I'm satisfied. That doesn't mean we're not, I'm going to sit down. We're not going to do anything more. Honestly, I want us to be able to do more for the Lord. I want us to see to reach out and do more, tell more people, get the word of God out. But I'm satisfied. There's contentment of saying, these are my people. And this is my church. I don't mean my name's on it. You know this. I don't own this church. If we were to close it up and sell the building, I couldn't have one penny of it. But guess what? Neither can you. It goes to another ministry. If, if we close up, we've got to find another ministry that believes like we do, and everything would have to go to them. But that's never going to happen because we're going to keep it going until Jesus comes. How blessed we are. And I close with that verse in verse number 9 of Psalm 107, for he satisfieth the longing soul. I guess what I need to do is just long for that satisfaction. Boy, I'd sure like to be satisfied. And the answer is Jesus. He'll bring that satisfaction. Now, I know we're going to go to the store and we're going to see things and say, Boy, I'd really like to have that. And we'll think that if we get it, we'll be okay. I understand those things, but you know what? You can't have a better salvation than what you got, you can't have a better situation than what you have as a Christian satisfied. How can I have that satisfaction? 
Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning, you're not sure you're saved. You can have that satisfaction by calling upon Christ and being saved today. Simply just saying, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I deserve to go to hell. But I ask you to save my soul and he'll save you. Take you to heaven. Maybe God spoke to your heart about some things today. Maybe, maybe we'll just walk out of here saying, boy, how blessed we are. And find that satisfaction. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time this morning. Thank you for what you've spoken to us about today. I, I don't know. It may be certain areas, different folks were spoke to about it. But Lord, I believe you deal with our hearts from a message of the Word of God. Lord, help us understand what we have in you. And the satisfaction we can have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for all you do for us. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed here this morning, let me ask you a question. If you were to die, do you know for sure you go to heaven? I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning who would say, Preacher, you know, I'm just not sure of that. If I was to die, I don't know 100% sure I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Preacher, pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone, this morning? Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved, but I'd like to know that. Anybody today, I don't know I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know that. You say, Preacher, I know that I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven. But are you discontent? Why don't you find that contentment in the Lord? You're discontent because you're looking for the world to bring that contentment, but it won't happen. It leaves you discontented. Only Jesus can satisfy. Something may have a, a hold of your life. You think you'll find satisfaction. It won't come. But Jesus will. Trust him today. Maybe God spoke to your heart about something. Maybe you just need to come to the altar this morning and thank the Lord for what he's done for you. Father, we pray you bless the invitation now. I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.